You're listening to the Salty Sex Cast with Mariah and friends. Minimize the fear. Expand your awareness. Hello, babes, bitches, and badasses. It's Mariah here, your favorite (laughs) salty co-host. A co-host? I'm not a co. I am a host. I co-host with friends. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so sexy. I got to share it. Right? You do. The the podcast is so sexy. You got to share it. Share the wealth. Yeah. 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 So I have my friend JC Holiday here to share the wealth with all of you. Hello. Um, so last episode, which was a quickie, everyone, if you haven't tuned in, been frequent listening, every other episode, we have a quickie, and then we have a long um, interview episode. But we talked about um, folks worries about their genitalia, mm. and like anxieties and like, worries it tastes bad or looks different and all these things. And so I thought it was a great segue our lovely surgery surgical technologist thank you i was like surgery something coming into gender affirmation surgery yeah yeah which is so cool you've talked about a few things and i'm like it kind of gives me the willies because like surgery and and like it's not the blood it's It's intense it's just like the cutting and the things that shouldn't be open should be closed like it's a lot i can't even watch (laughs) surgeries Thanks, Brady. (laughs) I think it overwhelms a lot of people. It is. It's very intense process. It's not some short little surgery and then you're out. It's a very long. Well, even short little surergeries, (laughs) y'all. So watching people get stitches, I'm all. There's not a lot of people that like my job. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Let me ask you in your school and when you were going to school for it and training. Do they have you go and like watch videos like your first class to make sure you can handle Let's that? Weed out the no, weak ones today. right? Because yeah. that would suck if you're like, yeah, I'm good with this, but you've never actually seen it and been around it and smelt it because they have like cauterizing and things in their room. Yes, and then but all of a sudden, watching like, videos are a totally different ball game than being in that room because you do get to have the smells. Yeah, have you ever smelt wet blood? It's gross yeah especially like soggy blood yeah it's just there's just something about this like wet metal it's almost like wet dog smell but like with a coppery metallic penny like oh it's where i hate it interesting yeah yeah no see the smells alone i'd be like i'm out there's a lot of there's a lot of smells so so anyone running a surgical school should could should subscribe to the mariah version of the school and first day you walk in and it's like a Halloween game where you got to like reach inside the box. <laughs> I wouldn't even make it. <laughs> you got to no. reach inside the box and guess what it is. No, because if, if they did it the first day, they'd lose out on all the money. They're going to want you to go all the way through it. Oh, that's it. fair. Yeah. yeah. They want you to point. go all the way through it. And then at the end of it, after you've paid all this money, at least get a couple you can't semesters make paid it. for. <laughs> yeah. You can't make it. That's on you. They're we like, still hey, made all your money. You you flunked out. Here's another program you can pay hundreds of thousands of dollars to us. We for. can transfer yeah. some of your credits, we guess. Maybe. Well, it's like going because I mean you can take going into like being a surgical technologist and then go into like the morgue where you're, you know, preparing bodies or yeah. being the person who's like, okay, this was the reason why they died and finding out that aspect of it. And I learned very quickly because they bring you to the, yeah, autopsies. They bring you to the cadaver lab. Okay. I don't do cold bodies. Hmm. It freaks me out. It grosses me out. But That's warm, stiff, warm is fine. All right. Yeah. All right. Pumping yeah. blood. When it's cold, I'm like, Ugh. Well, I bet the textures are weird too. I love how I'm already stimming right now because of the textures. Thinking Mm. of all this, Um, all the goopiness. Obviously, you have gloves on, but still, you were telling me because we were talking about hysterectomies and all these other things, and you were like, "You want to know what a uterus feels like?" And I'm all, "I've never thought of it, but yes." What does what does it feel like? So, do you remember back in the day when we had the like double balloon filled with sand and it was like a stress ball? Oh yeah, that is what a uterus feels like to me. Huh? Like that sand filled kind of stress ball. They I'm, are because it's a you, but whole... you've only squoze one with surgical gloves on. I'm assuming. Oh yeah, no. Okay. 
I don't. Mm-mm, no raw dog. She's like rubbing it against her face. <laughs> Is this velvety soft. I, don't, I, don't, I mean, mm. they are interesting. Like we had one, and it just the cervix was pretty much as big as the uterus was. So it very much had like oh. it was just weird. It's well, just you imagine. It, does the cervix have a different texture than the rest of it? Uh, more on firm. It's. Oh, <laughs> haven't you touched a cervix i have i was it's more, but i haven't i haven't touched a uterus to compare it to it's more okay. slippery in the sense of it's more like mucosal okay yeah hmm. yeah so interesting it's but and then and about that size to a normal uterus right is like a closed fist mm-hmm. mine was not mine was four sizes the size of that's why it got removed so 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 if you remove a normal healthy uterus and you slap it out on the table it's the size of a fist yeah okay typically so like an apple yeah okay yeah it's really it's interesting to see because it's this this organ that causes us so much grief so many issues i gotta be honest with you i wouldn't want one and it comes out and it's just like that's it that's i expect i don't know why before i really got in and looked at it to look like the devil like it take up like half it kind of does half my abdomen it's got horns yeah (laughs) (laughs) it really does so for as many as many problems as you would expect it to cause it should be like a whoopee cushion with horns yeah yes Mm -hmm. but it's i mean we had one where I've never seen a uterus this small without like radiation. And that was why they were taking it out. It was really small and we couldn't even use a uterine manipulator. It was so tiny. It was it fit in my palm. Wow. Like didn't even take up the full size of my palm. So was it underdeveloped? Just never had developed or I it shrunk know. down? Don't we don't. Know. Well, because you're not part yeah, of that. Piece. We don't really you get see to. A one. You're just part of the surgery. You're not part of the diagnosis. Well, and and a lot of doctors, too. It's not their patient that they've seen forever. Mm. They're patients that have gotten sent to them and gotten put on the books like, hey, they need this surgery. So, yeah, sometimes the doctors don't even have like other than their chart and their history. And, hey, this needs to be done. If I was going in and getting my uterus removed, could I opt to keep it? No. No. What? They don't let you keep anything. You want to send it to pathology because that's going to come back and say, hey, they have cancer. Oh. Yeah. You want to send it off to Or you finally get diagnosed with endometriosis after they take it out. Yeah. That's what pathology was, you know, and they're able to. A lot of times we'll do the endometrial biopsies and all of that. Most excruciatingly painful thing I've ever had to do. Yeah. And. They say most of the time it doesn't ever find it. It's when they get in that they finally find the endometriosis. And that's one thing I was like, okay, I I was a good candidate before getting diagnosed with, I didn't need to get biopsied while it's still in there for endo. But I, um, you know, it was prolapsed. It was larger than it was supposed to be. There was just, I was done having kids. Take it. I was so happy. I'm like, I <laughs> if it wasn't so shitty, I would donate it to someone who maybe has a shittier uterus. <laughs> like, can I switch? We'll swap. Yes. I don't know. Like, no, actually, I don't want one in. Another one in. It's amazing. But I would one. gladly give it to somebody so they could implant it and they could possibly have children if they want is to. There, is there anyone out there doing uterus they, transplants? They have done that have. successfully mm-hmm. with transgender patients who want to have kids. They've successfully had a full term pregnancy they delivered and then they took the uterus out to avoid any issues and because obviously I mean, uteruses are dangerous that's what we've learned like yeah. you wouldn't want to keep it long term <laughs> they well, take and they as have much to, life as they give yeah. they have to be on the medication like mm. so that they oh, don't the transplant yeah, medication that yeah. in any kidney patient or anyone who's had a transplant has to be on so that they don't reject it yeah so that's, you it just it really weakens your immune system you don't want to be on rejection medication for your whole life yeah, or have a uterus. Yeah, no. <laughs> I'm 30. That's and what I, I'm, and I'm getting, <laughs> I'm getting rid of mine. 10 out of 10, do not recommend. Well, right? so, it's, so it's one of the things that we've talked, you and me have talked about, Mariah, off air, is that uh, like it's like it's tough being a woman um, because it's like when I wanted to get my vasectomy, I didn't need my wife's permission. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to have like extended conversations with the doctor. And the only reason we did have extended conversations with the doctor is because he recommended it to me. He's like, why don't, why don't you talk to your wife and we'll, and we'll talk again, mm-hmm. but let's just be sure. Right. And, but I mean, ultimately I could have said, no, I'm going to be a playboy the rest of my life. Like I didn't even have to tell him I was married and I could have got a vasectomy. No problem. But yeah. You going in with like an angry oversized uterus, three kids, which is now and your my nickname. tubes tied. 
Thank you. <laughs> so I wasn't, I had already had permanent birth control. So yeah. there was no doubt that I was not ever going to use this again. You I had still wanted to made fight this, with you. Getting the permanent birth control was the fight. Oh. Fighting insurance to get my hysterectomy covered was the fight. But different story, you know, women and insurance coverage. We can talk about that. Oh, they'll pay for a man to get an IPP, no problem. Their dick's not working. Let's fix that. What's an IPP? An inflatable penile prosthesis. Oh, okay. Yep. So we've even had insurances cover for them to get the one they wanted removed because they want more girth. And they'll pay for the one with more girth. That makes sense. Yeah. How do, oh. <laughs> it's so frustrating. It makes perfect sense. It's so yep. frustrating. So we're talking about those those pieces of red tape having to go through. Yeah. You're 30. Yep. Unmarried. Unmarried. No kids. Zero kids. And you're getting your hysterectomy in two weeks or a week and a half? Uh, two sleeps? How long is it? I know it's I really literally close. have this week and the weekend. Are you, are you going to take your uterus out and do something fun with it before you? I She's did joke with my doctor. It, I was like, can, can I keep it? And he was like, no. And I was like, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so even if it's, even if you're removing, like if you're removing it for like personal reasons, you still could keep it. I no. It's I mean you want to get it sent out even though like say you've had a normal pap smear everything's come back normal testing wise that doesn't mean that they can't get in there and pathology finds cancer. Well so they sent they sent away my little tubelets that they took during my vasectomy for <laughs> testing to make sure they got the right part of the tubing. Oh nice. And I yeah. mean yeah, you just I still wanted to keep them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm sure you could probably maybe I've seen people who have transitioned that have like kept their uterus and put it on like in resin and then put yeah. it on like as a mantelpiece. I don't know if maybe they get it from pathology once they're done. I don't know how it works. I don't know the process to yeah, do that. Fascinating. But I'm sure you could possibly so if anyone talk it knows into. you've kept an organ after it's been removed. Please Comment. let us know. <laughs> Send Mariah pictures. Know. Yes. That, no, that's my you. biggest thing. That, I, I would rather have an unsolicited dick pic than someone's random oh boy, your petrified is, uterus. I think our email is about to explode. <laughs> Saltysexcast at gmail.com. That is the one thing I'm like, I want my nurse or my scrub tech to take a picture of my uterus in their hand. Yeah. So that I can really like see. It's hard. I mean, they tell you the measurements of everything and it's cool to see like you can tell which one you ovulated off of because it's bigger. Ovary That's wise, cool. oh wait, are they cool. taking your ovaries? No, too? they're leaving. Oh. That way, I have hormones. Yeah, because I, yeah. I had my hormone or my ovaries are still here. Yeah, I can still feel which side I ovulate on. See, and I never thought about that. That like the one you ovulate off of is bigger in size. So where does it go when you, when you ovulate without well, a uterus? There, there's little tubes that have just been pinched off. Yeah, so that just sits there and gets slowly reabsorbed it just reabsorbs yeah, it okay. just reabsorbs i would say your tubes are not pinched off though they are very much cauterized yeah caught well like i'm they like they're closed the off it's whatever like, it is <laughs> they take the whole tube up yeah oh interesting okay tell us the how you were able to get to where you are with your hysterectomy how were you able to get approved what disease do you have <laughs> just kidding. i don't know okay so i should probably have looked up like the right medical word for it but i've had pain with sex ever since vulvodynia I, no oh there's lots of different there are ones. lots of different but that does not ring a bell they did say it and i was like it's i need to usually Google. yeah that's pain around and like general pain and mine's not surface. at the entrance yours yeah. is up in there yeah that achy where Deep. like it felt feels like someone's taking a knife and stabbing you inside and yes. twisting it. and like nauseous yeah like when when it hits that and and bleeding after so i would have like a full-blown period with clots and everything after sex not all <sighs> the time but most times mm -hmm. and it just makes it not enjoyable like i i'm constantly just worried like okay well is this going to be a time where it's super painful and i'm going to bleed afterwards and so i just finally yeah working in the field and just i met the most amazing doctor i got to see his bedside manner his sterile technique and just everything about him i was like this is the doctor that i want to go to and i got to make an appointment especially being able to see him and work for him he was like you know let's get you in and he just made oh. me feel so validated bravo on that person yes. because that is usually the uphill battle 
what are you making up now? Yeah. Oh, this is the third person I've seen today who's trying to do this. It's like, then maybe there's something fucking wrong. Exactly. A lot of times you're just, oh, that's normal. It's fine. It's fine. Just because it's normal doesn't mean it's okay. Yes. And like everything. The first time like hearing like, I can't use tampons because it's painful. It's Mm. so painful and irritating and hearing that is not normal and just feeling so validated. And there are, he's like, of course, you know, we can try birth control, which I am very much against hormonal birth control. And I don't want to do an IUD either. It's, I just don't, I would rather just have my normal regular cycle and not have to deal with taking any medicine or having something other stuck side inside my body that could stroke perforate risk. or get embedded or any of that. I just want to live a normal life <laughs> and not have to have medication. And so just hearing like, okay, so this, okay, you don't want that. Okay, nix that. And then he was like, we could also do pelvic floor therapy and that a lot of times can help, but it won't take away the bleeding most likely. And so I was like, I don't want kids. I would prefer a hysterectomy that would solve the problems. And he was like, yeah, that's going to nip it in the bud. If anything, you may still have some pain and we could do pelvic floor therapy after. Mm -hmm. But most likely women who have had this problem in the past that I've worked on, as soon as they have their hysterectomy, they're they're good. Yeah. After the hysterectomy is fully healed. It's six months. Like to really give your body. That's a fucking organ. Gone. Gone. It's yeah. I mean, it's. it's Three little incisions for which you. Which is nice for me. You're getting laparoscopic. Yes. I'm not doing an, an open or a vaginal. I did vaginal. Nice. And I don't know if it was. <laughs> it was pretty <laughs> rough uh, I mean, recovery, but I knew and I was already getting a bladder sw- sling and other things. So there was already major. It made more sense. Adjustment. That it did. Yeah. That it did. If they're so. already going to be down there, might as well. Yeah. So do you think that uh, you had an easier time being able to like arrive at this decision to remove your hysterectomy because the doctor knows you and is like, oh, it's not just like a complaining patient. It's someone who's like in the field and I see her every day and she's not just a crazy lady. I think it's just him. I think it's these new doctors coming up. I think more and more doctors are trying to fight for women to have a say in their body. They're doing tubal ligations and and the permanent birth control for or hysterectomies for patients who are younger and younger who say may have some mental health issues that they know like I don't want to pass this on to my children I don't want kids and there's you know okay you have a right well one thing that's always frustrated Jamie because Jamie never wanted kids that's why I got a vasectomy is that uh, every like when I when I as a man in public I'm like I don't want more kids because I already have my daughter um everyone cheers everyone's like yeah way to go dude yeah Yeah. buddy time off Uh, if you get divorced a second time you won't have child support way to go every don't want to try for that son that boy every time i mention my hysterectomy i get the but what if you meet your soulmate what does that have to do with whether or not i want kids then how cool i'm gonna be able to spend 100 of my energy on my soulmate and travel and do whatever i want having i i get like being able to have kids is is an amazing thing us as women and our body can do that it's fucking badass but it is not but it's not for me I, you know, I used to want kids really bad. I feel like me and my sister kind of switched roles. She never wanted kids. I wanted kids. Mm. She has four and I have none. And I, the older I got, the more I realized like, one, I don't think, I didn't think I wanted them. And I got like, well, if I'm constantly saying my life won't be complete until I have kids, what if I never do? And then my life never feels complete. So I need to stop basing the happiness of my life and everything around having kids. And then the older I got, the more I was just like, I'm good. I don't want kids. I think kids are amazing, but I would rather, if I get into a happy relationship, I would rather adopt a yeah, teenager. There's so many other ways to have kids. Yeah. You can foster, you can adopt, you might be a stepmom at one point. Yeah. Who knows? And that's, there's just so many other ways to be a parent. You don't have to biologically carry, or even if you do, you still have your your ovaries if you want to pay a hundred grand for someone <laughs> else to carry your kid. Very true. Sure. I mean, there's there's so many options, options, but for us wanting to advocate for our own needs and just being heard is amazing that someone else is hearing that for you. It's getting there. It's getting more and more doctors are starting to finally hear women who yeah. just 
Well, so yeah, one thing I've told people about my vasectomy is like I went to my doctor who had been seeing my whole life to get my vasectomy done. So it was like a clinical visit with like a family practitioner. Okay. The only thing I would do differently now is I would probably go back. Uh, I would still get the vasectomy, but I would probably talk to a couple of different urologists mm -hmm. about like their experience doing vasectomies and what method they use because apparently there's like other options out there that are kind of available. There's so many options. I will say that because every urologist is going to do it different. That's, that's the coolest thing I think about like the medical field is these new residents that are coming up. Mm -hmm. They're learning all the amazing techniques from their, their, God, like what mentors? Yeah, they're mentors. These these surgeons who have been doing this for years. Some get stuck in the old way. Some have created completely new ways, and they're the only surgeons that have done it. And there's these new residents coming up that are creating their own new ways. That's cool. And it's That's getting cool. better and better. They're learning from others' mistakes, maybe, or like, hey, this one, you know, doesn't is a hundred percent effective. Sometimes it grows back. So let's try this way. Or just in like science in general, as time goes on and our sample sizes grow, we learn new things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. So. It's always, it's always nice to get like new clear eyes in there. Like yeah. super cool. Yeah, so if you've got cool. like an old school doctor who wears a crucifix and is refusing to remove your uterus, maybe you should go like doctor shopping. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that is one of the things I would say with a lot of people in general, not just women, but if you say you go into the ER and you have this issue and they're like, okay, well, we're going to send you over to this doctor in this specialty because they're on call. Don't just take the doctor that they're sending you to. If you find out that you need, say, a hysterectomy, you don't have to use the doctor that they're saying, here, go to this one. They right. were on call. They may not be the best option for you. They may not do the things that you want them to shop around. Mm -hmm. They're so that is the biggest thing I can say about being in the medical field is there are some doctors that I'm just like, you know what, they're amazing doctors, but they're not for me. Yeah, maybe you need someone who has a better bedside manner. And they're going to be there every step of the way, which is the doctor that I found. He's literally there start to finish. That's so cool. He's holding your hand while you're going to sleep. He's telling you everything's going to be okay. <laughs> and then he's there. As and soon and as you you've wake seen up. that. I've because, seen it. Because you're there. Yeah. So some of the surgeries you've assisted on are pretty freaking cool. Yes. Um, so sexual or gender affirming, sexual reassignment. There's a lot of different names. What do you guys call it in the field? Oh, gosh, gender reassignment, uh, all, of, all of the above. All any, of the above. Any of the terminologies. Really? Yeah. Okay. Tell us some things. Tell us. Fascinating just to hear, you know, someone who really does want to, who for one has the money to be able to invest in that and be able to live the life that they've wanted. And for two, things have changed. I think our technology yeah. has became so amazing and they're finding more and more ways to do things differently and even just stitching for it to dimple in a certain way or create a shadow in a certain way to give it a different look wow yes it's, it's not just like a skin blob or something no you know? like just it's, this it's beautiful like wow. using because i we do more vaginal plasties where i'm from so that's male going to female Okay. Because uh, phalloplasty, which would be a female going to a male, takes so long. And we're just an, a surgical center, in a sense. We're not the main hospital. So we only have people scheduled till 7, typically. We do have mm. on-call people, but those surgeries can take anywhere to 14 hours. Oh, gosh. It's a long time. So we do more vaginal plasties, and it's the most amazing thing. So you see anywhere from people in their 20s to people in their 40s and 50s that are finally being able to Aww. get this surgery to feel whole they're mm -hmm. finally getting to show their true selves mm -hmm. and it's just oh god it's the most amazing surgery I absolutely I know other surgeries are helping too yeah but obviously. I just this one I just the doctors like they they are the most amazing doctors I've ever seen they take it very seriously you will not misidentify them mm -hmm. you're going to treat them with their respect you're not going to call them he when they're she mm -hmm. and it's just seeing that respect level of these doctors that really care but I mean and just seeing we take a penis and we create a vagina out of it and it's yeah amazing and we use like the 
tip of the penis becomes a clitoris. So they have those nerve endings still to be able to come that mm-hmm. way. So we're not taking anything away from them. But it's it's two teams that come in. It's urology and plastics. And it's typically recon urology. So they're the reconstructive urologists. They do a lot Thank of... Thank you for explaining yeah. all these terms. I'm like, hold on. <laughs> I, I've gotten used to that. You, you've got to... No jargon. Yeah, no jargon. It's, it's a lot of jargon. But so reconstructive urologists that do urethroplasties and stuff all the time work on the urethra. So they're going to build that vaginal canal in between your rectum and your prostate. And so they, it's a, it's, those are muscles. The patients do have to dilate daily to keep that from trying to close in and constrict. But so they build the canal in between your rectum dilate daily after the procedure after the okay. procedure yeah so or i mean i'm like sex daily is the, is there... that works too whatever mm. fun you want to take from it but uh so recon urology starts first they build that canal they're going to if you haven't already had an orchiectomy which is removing your testicles they're going to remove your testicles they're going to remove the corpora which is that spongy muscle tube that creates an erection okay they're going to remove that completely they're going to shorten their urethra down and then the plastics is going to come in up top they're going to remove pretty much all of it but about like a centimeter maybe an inch of the base of the penis and then all the rest of the penis is getting removed it's there's nothing left but that tip of the penis that's going to become the clitoris Really? Yes. So okay. you have... I pictured it differently. I did too. Yeah. A lot of All people of... picture it differently. So mm-hmm. a lot of people think that the skin from your penis is what's going to become your vaginal canal. And it's not. We take Gosh, your... that would be so dry. We take your scrotum. And so once recon urology gets the scrotum off, plastics comes in and they thin that graft out. And a lot of people go through like laser hair removal and stuff. That way they can try to get rid of all the hair that they can possibly. And plastics is also trying to get rid of as many follicles after. So they're going to thin that graft out. They're going to suture it around a penile mold that we have Mm. and see how much depth we have and cut it down to the right size because recon is going to get as much depth as they can. And they'll be like, hey, this is how much we have. So they're going to take that graft. They're going to cut it to the right length. They stitch it so it's around a, a penile mold, and then they're going to go up top. They're going to trim off the rest of the penis skin and get rid of all of the, like, head that they don't need. Mm-hmm. They're going to tack that clitoris down, and recon urology has shortened the urethra, tacked that where it needs to be and gone around. And then that little centimeter to an inch left of penile skin is what that graft is going to get attached to. They're going to sew that. And what I like to call my fupa. Yeah. So that's your mom's mom's pubis. (laughs) Your mom's pubis, but my fupa. They're going to then, after they attach that graft, they're going to flip that in to the vaginal canal. They're going to suture all of that down. And they they staple everything. They trim down what they don't need. They try to keep as much fat as they can without it busting out because you don't you don't want a skinny vagina. No, you, you want a juicy padding. one. You want some padding. Juicy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so then after that, they're going to sew everything down, and they create the slit that's going to make the hood surrounding the clitoris and the vaginal opening and urethra and everything and tack that down and try to create the the lips the inner and outer lips and make them look as real as possible and it's a lot of even just dimpling yeah in certain areas like it lays and holds yeah a lot of shadowing and like okay so if we do a suture here it creates a shadow that gives it this effect that is fascinating that someone took the time and to care about that for folks to have the best opportunity to be who they are yeah and there's i mean there's there's surgeons out there who could be like is it medically necessary no they're fine they can urinate they don't need to procreate they don't need to you know and because you consider like intersex 
um, folks who mm-hmm. then want to change, you know, or maybe look different or something like that because their outer parts are different from what they want to be. Yep. So. There's, I mean, there's some people who just choose to do a uh, vulvoplasty instead of building the canal. They're just going to create the clitoris. And yeah, there oh. will be no opening, but you'll still have the, you know, sensation the outside. Yeah, the appearance and, and a vulva. Yeah, a vulva. <laughs> Instead of a vagina. A vagina. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> and I mean, the phalloplasty is even amazing. And they're, they're coming just leaps and bounds from what they were. You could see, like, because normally they take the tissue that they're going to use to create the phallus from your forearm. And so then your forearm is left very skinny and it's just like skin to muscle to bone. And they're now doing like fat grafting. They'll go through, they'll slipo some around the tummy and then they'll inject that fat to create a more smooth, streamlined look of the forearm to help. Yeah, help with the I didn't know that. Yeah. And I mean, they even, because it's kind of like they create like this little cylinder for the penis out of the forearm Mm -hmm. tissue. And then they'll go in and they'll create incisions again. Hopefully not too little of a cylinder. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. They're, no, that is cool that you kind of get to like design. And I mean, I'm sure depending on how much they can take to have yeah. different sizes, different. They're people. not lacking. They are very tattoo? decent. They're, be- most people do. Most dicks are tattooed. Most phalluses that we create are tattooed. So they go through. I would get a tattooed before. Like, I'd be like, where, how do I put this drawing on so that when you get it put together, it'll be right? You outline what they need to do. I'd, I'd like like a little craft project. There you go. The, the dotted, dotted line. Yeah. Cut here. Yeah. But I mean, even just the incision they make to make the tip of the penis to create the uh, meatus that really, mm-hmm. the glands. Yeah. Yeah. We'll do a glands plasty and we make these incisions and then we kind of bunch it up and pull a little tighter to create those glands to make it look like a circumcised penis which is really amazing but there's also people who choose to just like they take the testosterone their clitoris enlarges Mm -hmm. and will do a release to kind of bring it further out Mm -hmm. and that's all they choose to do yeah as well as closing up their vaginal spectrum of of opportunity you know different choices versus it's this or this or nothing what works for you yeah and then i mean everybody's different we do ipps as well for you know phalloplasties it's uh inflatable inflatable penile prosthesis you already said that i did but i did not say it for For the camera for this right Uh, i can't remember it might have we might not have been recording yet see but JC knows her shit. She knows what's going on. Yeah. She's going to remember if there was a tool anywhere. <laughs> Sponge left it. There. Oh, just yeah. Accounts are super important. But yeah, so we can take <laughs> someone who has, I mean, no way to get an erection and we can make them get an erection, which is really cool. And we'll just put in one little testicular implant and then the part that inflates the penile prosthesis, it's like a little bulb. And uh-huh. that'll be like the other pump. testicle. Yeah. Do you pump, pump it up or do you, you just push it up. it up? You just keep pumping it up. Yep. Pump, and then pump, to let pump. it go, you just. You just hold. There's a little kidding. button a on it. And you, there yeah. really is. There's okay. a release valve. Yeah. They that even, is so So this, cool. it's almost like old school technology, right? Like they've been giving penile implant pumps for the um, people with diabetes have been using them for a long time, right? Oh, I don't know about that. I haven't I haven't dealt with a lot of diabetes. Certain types of diabetes, I guess, can give you erectile dysfunction. So like that's like a move that people with diabetes do is they they go to the pump. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of men do it for a lot of different reasons. And I mean, there's so say you have an erection for too long and you kill off that tissue. Priaprism. Yep. So, I mean, if you go in in time, we mm-hmm. can get rid of that blood and get rid of yeah. that erection. So that's why anything more than four hours, people. Yes. You rush yourself to the emergency room, you could kill your dick. Yes. We had uh, someone go like seven days, I want to say. And it Jesus. was like black and blue. That Aww. that muscle has just atrophied. You're Aww. never going to be able to use it again. So then they'll come in for an IPP later on. Once, wow. once they're healed. Yeah. Once they're healed. I mean, we even have AUSs, which are artificial urinary sphincters that people who have 
issues with leaking mm-hmm. and incontinence. It goes around your urethra and you blow it up just like you would an IPP. And then when you feel that sensation like you need to go, you release it. You can go and then you pump it back up. Pinches it off for you. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I needed that. But oh, wait, I got a sling. So <laughs> pretty much. I, they I don't do it for women very often because, I mean, having that women. bulb. The, and, well, I mean, would you want that in your lip? That up? They would put it what in your I, lip. Like had a lip, and then I'm just like, wee, wee. <laughs> I think I think you should have your custom pump installed in your nipple. Just just a yeah. little. So you just, you'd need some long tubing for that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that gives me the willies. Anything foreign <laughs> in your body. Like it's so like funny. Tubing. Not anything tubing. foreign. Really long I mean, tubing. let's be honest. Anything foreign, surgically in your body. Um, I was watching our other friend uh, <laughs> practice suture. Oh, it's so fun. And I was like, what are you doing down there? And she was like, well, you got to get the underlayer, which I don't know the name for. Um, and I was like, what? And I was like, I thought you just sewed up the top. No, they'll and do a like, deep no. dermal layer. That's it. And yeah. I was like, like, I'm turning green and it's a fake little silicone thing that she's practicing on. And I'm like, just thinking of all of those layers of something that shouldn't be on my body, yeah. then someone cutting it open. I'm, I don't know if I could ever actually watch like a scalpel glide across the skin like that. It's so cool. It, it's the skin pieces of it. That yeah. the, it's not the blood. It's not the blood. And the smells would get me absolutely. So oh, thank yeah. you for doing that work for of those course. people. Because obviously not all of us are built for it. <laughs> I absolutely love it. It's like oh yeah you tell us all the time you're like guess what i just assisted on guess what happened it's like it's so, so cool neat. like knowing that you can live without like the bridge of your pubic bone and be just fine you don't need anything in between we can literally cut out just that little part of your pubic bone and you'll walk just fine huh. it's so cool i just love i love surgery and medicine. i'd, I'd want a replacement part i'd, I'd want to be able to feel that part you like that yeah you don't want it to just, <laughs> just kind of yeah. pump the air over there i don't want it to sound like a drum when i'm masturbating hollow <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if that would actually happen but i mean i would have to probably do st- i ask that all the time with the vaginal plasties because we're doing the vaginal canal mm-hmm. in between the rectum and yeah. the prostate so i'm like i wonder if they get more stimulation on their prostate yeah, because so there's something right have, next to it now. If they have a better sex life from it, you know? Fascinating. Very fascinating. Oh, so amazing that that's, is there any time that, you know, folks are denied? Well, you're probably not even part of that. You're there once it's it's done and it's mm-hmm. ready to go. Yeah. The approval's there. I You have told us, don't smoke weed before your surgery. Yeah, it messes with anesthesia. Messes with anesthesia. Same with when you they're asking you. You can eat weed, you. though. I can eat weed. I don't know. Probably. But it's the smoking because it's the thicker smoke inside my lungs, right? It makes you eat through your anesthesia quicker. Interesting. Yeah, so people... you metabolize it faster. Mm. Same with redheads. Like if the, I know redheads asking, for sure. Your hair color is a big deal. If you are a natural redhead, you need to tell them because it's going to take a lot to get you under and a lot to keep you under. What if I just said, hey, top me off like if I were a redhead because I want to be the fuck. No. Super drugged. I think think it's anesthesia is one of those things. They don't really like know why Mm -hmm. it works. Well, and it's not something you fuck around. Like you can go. The only thing that would do giving you like an like bumping you up and giving you more is it just takes you longer to wake up so you're stuck in the or with us like waiting around for the next surgery because we have to wait for you to wake up to be able to transfer you to pack you Mm -hmm. so giving you more just makes you wake up longer gotcha yeah Mm. you want more of like the good stuff like the fentanyl and stuff like that the pain I mean, they can also give you caffeine if you have like hard times waking up. They can. Interesting. Yeah. Well, after my boob job, they were like, which is why it makes me giggle when you're like, ooh, anything oh, foreign, foreign going objects. in the body that's it, surgically it, put in there. It really Those freaks me out. It's because it's <laughs> if I could fill them, it would totally freak me out. But that they're under the muscle, it's not as bad, and they're soft, like a hard implant. Um, like some of those the birth implants controls aren't hard though. That's the thing. It's your capsule. It's how you heal. So oh, your body yeah. will create that capsule yeah. around the implant. And I've seen some that are so tough. 
yeah it's like, it's a, like rock and and see, it's a rock hard and you see that's what creates a rock hard yeah but like hard things that you can feel under the skin that are not supposed to be there like bones whatever everybody has that but what's the one e- it's not you sure so what you is would it, be the... freaked out though if you realize like you can mm-hmm. feel when you move your wrist your bone literally rotates oh under. yeah like, like i said it's it's bones are not a thing like <laughs> it's the it's like okay there's a little something that shouldn't be like someone <laughs> i used to uh when i was a kid i got shot in the forehead with a pellet gun you could feel it <laughs> and the pellet was stuck in there for quite some time and i used to put refrigerator magnets on it and i wish you'd have been around for that oh gross <laughs> That yeah. would have been an intriguing moment for you to go get an MRI. <laughs> it would have well, sucked it right out. Well, we tried. So my <laughs> my dad, when I first got shot, was like, well, we got to get it out of there. So we went to the hardware store and bought like a magnet that's meant for like, picking up tools. And all it did was hurt a lot. Yeah. I wonder if it shifted just enough from the wound. To- yeah, yeah, you should have made sure it was right at the opening and then tried to get well, it. Eventually, my mom's a nurse and uh, some doctors talked her into taking it out herself. Nice. Yeah. I I mean they will do Scalpel. that. Yeah. Yep. My mom was a nurse and that was like hemorrhaging after surgery and they're like, "Oh, Kim, you know what to do if you bring her in. They're just going to be really rough with her." Mm. So she she did what she could at home. Yep. Still Crazy. here, so. <laughs> they're Still the worst here. patients, so. Nurses, Nurses are the worst patients. The yeah. worst Awful. patients. They yeah. don't listen. <laughs> Yep. I know better. Don't tell me what to do. I can take care of myself. Right. <laughs> Shush, doctor. I've seen your work. <laughs> um, so some of the healing and other things. So you were saying. Oh, yeah. They have to dilate daily. Mm-hmm. That way they can. Because I mean, that's those muscles. Those muscles want to go back. Yeah. yeah. And close that vaginal canal that you just had it made. won't necessarily close completely but it will yeah, it'll just be super like, small and yeah probably maybe painful probably, probably yeah, uncomfortable painful. yeah yep. so i mean unless they're i mean you can choose which way you want to dilate we give you dilators i'm sure you're paying for it but <laughs> yeah. when we have you leave the or you have multiple four sizes and dilators so smallest to the biggest and then uh so you can choose to do that, or if you're very sexually active and you have your partner, that's, I mean, you're dilating that way. So so brand new vaginal canal, mm-hmm. super sore, super tender, there's a whole lot of things happening. Still got stitches. And then you ha- still have to dilate daily after that. Yeah, I think they'll give you, so they I'm have. I'm sure there's maybe some numbing cream or something like lube numbing no i wouldn't recommend oh, putting well, that in a, a fresh wound oh my god yeah. i'm like you, i'm my badge is like puckering right now <laughs> you'd, you'd, you'd think maybe the when you first get sent i would think i don't know i'm not a doctor that it would be packed i would think you would just they have do. something they pack it okay as yeah. soon as they're done with surgery and, I'm, and i mean i'm pretty sure days. they leave it for at least a day yeah yeah and then after I, that i was even packed after my hysterectomy well, I had a vaginal hysterectomy. Hmm. They don't do that anymore. Oh, well, yeah. Not that I've seen, I believe. <laughs> I was complaining of so we... much pain. Oh, okay. I don't not a Lortab. No, not Lortab. Oxycontin. Nope. Nope. The other. Uh, um, Hydrocodone. Lotran. <laughs> morphine. Morphine. <laughs> I don't do well on morphine. I still feel the everything. The fuck were you getting morphine for after that? After my hysterectomy? Yeah. Yeah, and I just stay overnight in the hospital. And I've heard laparoscopic, it's an in-out thing. We have to stay for uh, 26 hours, I believe it is. Okay, Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, and then you say you had to do a few things. You have to walk on your own. You have to pee on your own. There's a few other things that you have to do before they leave. I can leave early. I don't have to stay the... 20 because y'all know hours. the people because you're a shitty you're patient a nurse. And you know what to do <laughs> no it's just those are like if you if it takes all that time then it takes all that time but if you can take medicine orally to control your pain if you can eat and drink without vomiting if you can urinate yourself and if you can walk without too much assistance why not let you leave yeah yeah, yeah. you know that after a colonoscopy they won't let you leave till you fart Oh, that's fun. A lot of a lot of surgeries are that way. They want you to at least have a bowel movement or fart. Make sure there's nothing obstructed yeah. or anything. Oh, that'd be the worst thing. But to I get think like the biggest difference from like a vaginal to a laparoscopic is they're just laparoscopically inside doing everything. Yeah. And vaginal, they're just down below doing everything. But 
laparoscopic, and, they still pull my uterus out through my vaginal canal. So yeah, and so morphine didn't touch the pain. I was in so much pain, and I was just so nauseous. And I was like, I do not want to flex my muscles right now to vomit. And so I started panicking and crying. And she was like. And so the nurse was thinking I was in so much pain because of the packing. And she was like, yes, this doctor's kind of known to overpack. I was like, please don't tell me that when I'm fucking stitched up. And I'm imagining hamburger canal down there. I have no clue what it looks like because obviously I don't assist on anything. Yeah. And and I just loaded you up with gauze. So it's going to be all flappy when it's done. I have (laughs) never seen them. And not all flappy. Good Lord, you Rude. God. Rude. But I was I was just kind of starting to freak out, and I was in is. my. Un- <laughs> no, I was just saying that's a. Con- I could see waking up from that surgery being like, God, I hope they didn't ruin it. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And I'm still upset that it was a male doctor because I'm pretty sure he made me like like smaller on purpose because it was so painful to have sex for like six months, and then one time it just kind of was like a little bit better and i was like okay i don't know if there was like scar tissue that finally got moved i have no clue but um so i was freaking out and she was like well let me change your meds and i'll take the packing out let's give it two hours and i was like can we just change the meds now and she's like you sure this is really what we suggest and i was like give me the stupid um ibuprofen like i would rather have that whatever that name is still goes through your IV, but it's ibuprofen yeah. line of meds guys i don't know this stuff <laughs> i don't do druggy i'm not, a druggy. Meds, I'm not a, me just kidding a hospital druggy i just do lido and stuff right. on on the back table so <laughs> yeah so and then finally uh, she came back and started pulling out the packing and just watching that gauze get pulled <laughs> out and you can kind of feel it and i was just like talking I mean, about feeling foreign and and i was like like it was like 30 feet i felt like and she just kept pulling it out i'm sure they used to do that to like try to prevent bleeding it's a form of hemostasis to put that pressure on it because she took it out so soon i ended up having post-operative hematoma blood 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 had to go back to the er it was awful so keep your packing in (laughs) they from what i've seen they don't do packing anymore so so i don't know okay maybe just i had a very old school doctor too who who liked to pack apparently (laughs) he was a big packers fan he made it he made a joke at my final appointment because it's like what eight weeks bed rest like no no sex not like bed rest sex rest i want to say it was eight weeks and like after my kids, I was like, eh, okay, that's cute. Like six <laughs> weeks, that's not, I'm not waiting that long. I I had easier labors. I was not going to push it at all. It was like eight weeks. I had my checkup. He didn't even like physically check me. He was just sitting in his office. He was like, you feel good? You can do that? Cool. And he just left me. Out and he was like, is your husband waiting in the parking lot? Just waiting for the time to, to fuck you? Like that's it was, I'm all. I'm not just a hole to be fucked. Thank you very much. I am just so happy I don't have a diseased uterus giving me all this pain and grief. I just did not like how he said that. That's like, why is your husband in the parking lot just counting around, down? Around shop really? around for your doctor. Oh, I shopped you're around to find someone to finally listen to me. Yeah, I was like, okay, you're gonna take it. Yeah, let's do this. I don't give a shit how stupid you are, like, and annoying and rude. Yeah, but yeah, you can have it all. Though. You can if you're patient and shop around. I'm yeah. not patient. Or if you like, just happen done. to work in the field and you just see one. Because I don't know if I would have ever ran across him. Yeah. Had I not. Because, I mean, I live in Ogden. And mm-hmm. it, I work up in Salt Lake City. So I doubt I would have been like, oh, let me drive all the way to Salt Lake City or Sugar House to go see mm-hmm. this doctor. So I've cool. never known. Yeah. So if anyone's looking for a doctor, Keep shopping around the sugar house area. <laughs> yeah, I would. I would. De- I don't know if I could name drop. I yeah, don't know if you'd like that. I would hesitate to do that too, yeah. just as out of respect as well. But, um, but he is definitely amazing. That's so awesome. I'm so excited 4. for you. 4.9 stars rating for a doctor. That's really cool. That's insane. On like Yelp? No, on his like, because the U has like, oh, you can okay. search through the doctors and it'll show you their ratings. Every doctor's going to have it. Google, Yelp, whatever. 4.9. That's awesome. Nice. Yeah. Super rare. Um, Out of curiosity, yeah. is 
insurance covering it? Yes. Fully? Or I well, so I pay 167 out of pocket for your copay, just like normal copay, mm-hmm. yeah. like 167 dollars. Yeah, that's that's like that's pretty close to what I paid for my vasectomy. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, I forked over several grand. Yeah. Uh, so, but everything else was covered by the insurance, and it was. Uh, I remember like the doctor even made a comment, and he was like, "It's a good thing your wife's not getting her tubes tied because they don't cover all of us." They don't. It's yeah. so dumb. I was like blown away because I was like, isn't it like, don't they make women's insurance more expensive because they have the chance of gestation? Like, I don't know how that works. You would think they'd be willing to pay to yeah. like not make you a birth risk. Yeah. Because yeah. then you're cheaper because then we're not having to take care of. I don't know. I don't know, you guys. One yeah. of these days, one of these days, women's health care will be the same as men. Also, yep. <laughs> why do I need different insurance for my eyes? That seems weird. Well, and some health insurance do, do cover your eyes. Oh, yeah. Every time I went to the eye doctor, I would give him my my medical I insurance card and, for my, and my eye insurance. And then when I got my LASIK, I used both for that too. Anyway, I it think, really just depends. I think my dental is a separate card. Yeah. Why is that? But my my orthodontist accepts both dental insurance and our health insurance probably because it depends he does, on like, your the type of surgery he's doing yeah. he can classify it as something different yeah, yeah. like interventions for health you know sure. snoring or something and let me give you a mouth guard that's still mm. you know orthodontia you know what i have heard with. with snoring you need to tape your mouth tape your mouth mm-hmm. what? tape it close so that you're not breathing through your mouth yeah and it forces you to breathe through your nose and it helps a lot with like opening up but then how would i drool on my pillow Oh, well, right. you know I'm what the best yeah. best solution to snoring is? What? You just get the heaviest, thickest pillow in your house. Shove it over their face. Totally <laughs> <laughs> stop it. I am over it, you guys. We're having a real rough time right now. Yeah. Because tape injuries. His, tape his mouth shut. With the size of his nostrils, you'd think he was a nose breather, but no. And yeah, we're we're working on so it. So I, I have heard recently of like a like an over-the-counter type of a mouth guard thing. We've tried it all. Yeah. I appreciate it. Thanks, though. Okay. <laughs> I was just, I, I don't know. Down. I've never heard of it. So No. Well, I've just, I thought about it because recently Jamie has I made a comment. i sleep. Yeah. It's okay. Just a little. Yeah. Oh, God. See, I'm, and I used I'm at to the love point, when I'm going to invest snored. in, like, a cot for my office and just sleep in my office. That's the point I'm at. I'm like, I can't. Yeah. Anyway. That's how you know you're in a happy, happy marriage though. It bugs you. Yeah. I was in a in a in a bad relationship and I knew I was safe when I heard the snoring because he was asleep. Oh, JC. <laughs> that just broke my heart, girl. Girl, it, I mean it happens, but it was like one of I was just like, oh, okay, it's, it's over for the day. Mm-hmm. I'm safe. Mm-hmm. I can sleep now. See, I wait to hear Jamie snore and then I go sn- eat snacks. <laughs> as soon as i know she's asleep i the can get in all the dietician is asleep yeah, the dietician's asleep i can get in all the good stuff Heck yeah. Yeah. i, I did bring that. cookies for you because i'm domestic af yeah Ooh. i was like um i love you i did use some expired ingredients they're delicious i've eaten them i'm fine okay <laughs> but the chips i used because i made butterscotch oatmeal cookies Ooh. which are amazing they're my fave i brought you some too Thanks. um that sounds really and good and <laughs> the the chips were like expired in 2019 i was like it's been like five years since i've made cookies like that's it's been a minute so covid's kind of fucked everything up still yeah. yeah, it's not not really COVID. COVID. Well, you just the, gave us COVID the more chips. You, <laughs> you the, bought those. The back more you back. keep those treats and make the cookies, the more you eat them. Like yeah. let's let's be honest. It was just no. I just like I'd rather run up to the store and go like, buy them. Someone else. You makes don't even them have to run to the store. You can just have Uber them Ubered. <laughs> yeah. Can you just leave them on the porch? Actually, better yet, open the door and shovel slide them, them in. <laughs> Throw them down the hallway to me. <laughs> like a little birdie but don't chew it up and spit it up in my mouth first thanks i'll pass no thank you um no surgeries no chewed up chips gotcha yeah or chewed up cookies <laughs> or anything chewed up oh <laughs> uh, what are you looking forward to with your uterus gone being a, a hister sister with me oh god hister sister i'm just excited to one, no longer have to worry about pain or bleeding. Mm-hmm. Like for sex to legit be fun. 
Yeah. Not have to worry if this is mm. going to cause me any pain. Yeah. And then to, I mean, come on, no more periods. You get to clear out all your purses, all your glove compartments, all your backpacks. Yes. You know, when you pack for vacation, you're not like, hey, I'm going to need this product and that product and maybe this because what if it's a heavy flow? And then maybe that because what if I'm just spotting? Yeah. No. You don't keep um, them on hand in case one of your friends comes running up? Nope. No. Oh. <laughs> fuck you. So fuck you and your uterus. I'm going to save I'm pretty much a guy friend money. at this point now. Yeah. Don't even. Save all that money. I will go buy them for you. Yeah, I do actually. I've I kept, don't need I them. kept all of my old stuff or like my stuff because I have also children too. Like, oh. you know, my daughter's going to be there in just a little bit. It's not like a tampon Check expires. The expiration day. <laughs> you sure? I feel like of all the things on the gross royale shelves, those ones should probably expire. I, they do. Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure they have an expiration date. Really? Maybe I oh, should yeah. go look I've at se- that. I've seen Q-tips with expiration dates. How are you storing your Q-tips? They, I don't store Q-tips, but oh. I've seen them with expiration dates. Hmm. But like, you know how like a, ba- a box of Band-Aids said like, they say sterile on it? Yeah. It can only be considered sterile for so long. Yeah. Okay. And so that's yeah. what the expiration. And you don't like, want to give her a busted ass tampon. Yeah. Plus in the future, they'll probably just transport that stuff out with like a laser beam anyways. Oh, right? God. They should, be, they should be working on that stuff. <laughs> I don't know if I would actually. Yeah. Cotton won't be available. You know You'll what? have to use or a diva may... cup. Or or Ugh. free bleed is the way to be. No. <laughs> that just it sounds like a lot of laundry it and a lot of peroxide, like soggy blood that stinks. Like, what if it's like a humid day? Well, and... I mean, not to mention, I mean, how many times have you like been going to sleep at night and you've leaked? And, oh, then, yeah. and then you have to not only clean your sheets and get the blood out, but then your like mattress is stained. So period. you need to get, yeah. So you need to, you know, clean your mattress. It's just a pain in the freedom from that. Oh, I get to wear so white beautiful. pants. Dude. I get a white own. underwear. Yeah, that too. I don't ever I, have I like to, black panties. But I mean, okay. yeah, I do. But just the fact of like, if you ever like, you know, find you a cute little pat. Yeah, you have choices. Like if it's a light color, I have like certain one like pink and light blue and stuff that mm-hmm. i'm like ooh, i'll wait until i know i'm not gonna start i'll never yeah. wear white underwear again no matter if i get my period or your not it doesn't matter yeah no it's, it's just you like would just wipe your ass good enough right and be okay <laughs> <laughs> hey he, he dude wipes the, i do dude wipe yeah i'm a dude wiper I just hate the fact that they literally had to put dude on some fucking wipes to make men feel comfortable to well, use them. So I was using them before that. I was buying baby wipes. And then the only reason I'm hooked on dude wipes is because they don't, I don't like the scented baby wipes. It uh, makes, it's funky. I'm not a fan of the scented stuff. They have well, unscented. And there's, and I yeah. think dude wipe is the only brand I found so far that does the single pack. So when you're on the go, yeah. you can so just nice grab a dude wipe single pop pack. Pop it in your pocket. Yeah. What about a bidet? Have you thought about that? I, I um, During COVID, I would like basically just jump in the shower. When all the toilet paper was gone? Yeah. When you were rationing yeah. But I mean, you could get a bidet and then you don't have to use wipes anymore. Because yeah. I mean, I just feel I'm like. I'm not anti-bidet. I just have not. I don't. Yeah. I haven't thought about it. I want the super fancy well, think, heated one. I think Jamie vibrates. said no. That vibrate. <laughs> <The> tingles. <laughs> Well, I mean, you can get the ones on there. She doesn't have to use it, but it yeah. would be there for you to use. My dad did the hushy one, randomly got it on my front porch and was like, what is this? And then all the siblings had gotten one. So we decided it was a dad present. Okay. Dad sent it. That's funny. Yeah. Love so it. it's by tushy and it just screws on. I'm a big know. fan. I'm a big fan of them. Um, there's a reality TV show where this lady goes around. She's a real estate agent that sells homes inside nudist resorts <laughs> and like the first thing all the naked people look for when they go in the bathroom is, does this one have a bidet because i'm going to be sitting on a lot of things so <laughs> i never have a salty sex cast <laughs> branded taint towel that you can get on yeah saltysexcast.com you go hit that little merch button you can get a shirt like this or a like shirt this. like that or a couple other shirts that are we have in the room um that we took photos of earlier we have shirts we have a branded taint towel which is really just a a a towel but you can use it for your taint if you are a nudist and you want to sit down on things it's beautiful 
beautiful and lovely. Or you have a taint that you want to clean. That too, Brady, yeah. that too. Yeah, let's um, not limit our market here. Yeah. And then I'm going to ask everyone who's listening to please like, share, subscribe, and give us a motherfucking rating if you can. Yeah. Like that, that just lights up my day. I All like right. It. it really does. Like it's the only time Mariah calls me anymore. She's like, have you read this review? So, <laughs> check it out. So, thank you. Love you all. See you next week. Thanks for having me. Super fun. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Salty Sex Cast. Ready for round two? Find us on Facebook.